A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rule Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rilkes, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. All right, welcome uh, to the Design to Change podcast. Today we have with us Natalia Zaremba. Uh, Natalia and I recently uh, met again face-to-face in Zurich, where you are based right now. And you're the founder of Zaremba Consulting. And Zaremba Consulting, um, you, I mean, what I know of you and what people can read from LinkedIn is that you have a never-ending intellectual curiosity, um, which led you to speak multiple languages and integrate into diverse cultures. You believe in the collective power of co-creation and marketing. Um, you have been uh, focused on sales and marketing and events. Uh, now you specialize in digital marketing. Uh, you're an expert in visual communication, writing content, sustainable destination projects. And the quote that you like a lot uh, is that simple can be harder than complex and you have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple. However, it's worth it in the end because once you get there, you can move mountains. Now, in a country full of mountains, we're here in Switzerland, uh, Natalia. Um, Tell us, what is something that people will not know when they look at your LinkedIn profile? Yeah, this is... Hello, everyone. Yeah, I... uh... Maybe in our I'll start with the greeting. Uh, I'm actually surprised that uh, that my introduction on my website and on LinkedIn profile is so good, and it's like it matches actually everything what uh, what I do so far. I I haven't read it for a month, and so it's it's, it's good to know that it's still you know it's still valid and it still works for me. Mm. What the people would not know about me when they read, you know, just uh, this short explanation on LinkedIn is uh, something that I um, actually, it's it's my behind the scenes. You know, it's also the philosophy is also the uh, big part of uh, of all my uh, visual projects, uh, also about my stakeholders, about the clients. Um, and it's also part of my philosophy that's... Uh, this is or the the front side of uh, of the person of the business. It's uh, not sufficient uh, to to do the business nowadays, and you have to um, to combine it um, in a authentic matter, also you know, or something that you do also behind the scenes. And to complete this profile, you might go you know on my Instagram profile, where it's like I'm more, um, let's say I'm more um, relaxed. I don't uh, follow so much uh, the norms of the uh, of their business etiquette, and I also there. That's like I'm so more relaxed to uh, uh, to reveal also some part of my uh, private hobby hobbies and my private life, and also it's connected with my hobbies, my recent hobbies. That's uh, not uh, necessarily part of uh, of my business. 
which are visualization, photography, video, visualization, what I do, what I see, what I try to transmit um, beyond uh, the words and beyond their word yeah. content. And it's funny because that's the way we first uh, met, I think, on Instagram. You tagged um, in your in, in one of the events uh, that yeah. you did for the Zurich Walk and Talk, um, the fact that you use the event design, use the event canvas methodology in that. And so even if you live fairly close, we live maybe three quarters of an hour apart from each other. Uh, and on this show, we have guests from across the planet in different time zones. Uh, sometimes it's interesting to see how then later meeting at IMAX in Frankfurt, where you uh, people also be able to find that on your Instagram. And most recently for an event for Basel Convention Bureau in Zurich, um, we, um, we got to meet again. So that begs the question, which is in the beginning of the Design to Change book, which is a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Now, would you leave that to chance, Natalia? Yeah, sure. This is actually, you know, it's like, uh, it's been my, uh, my business career, the conversation and discussion, uh, because my backgrounds are sales backgrounds, my backgrounds are the work with, uh, with clients mm -hmm. and personal relationships. So definitely, I'm uh, a big evangelist of uh, the conversation. And so in your experience in working, you know, with Intercontinental and Hilton and, and, and uh, autograph collection with Walthouse Flames Wellness Resorts, mm -hmm. you have a lot of experience in this hospitality space, a space that I'm also quite familiar with or was familiar with for the first 15 years of my career. Um, what has caused this shift and how, how, what are you currently doing within Zaremba Consulting? I mean, you know, um... Uh, when I introduce myself, my basic introduction, that's uh, uh, I provide uh, the services, the consul uh, consultant services to in sales and marketing and uh, now specializing in digital marketing and social media, especially um, because it was uh, mainly the shift during the pandemic. Now, the pandemic, you know, in the years of uh, uh, staying at home, having uh, restricted uh, opportunity and chances to meet face-to-face uh, -face with other stakeholders. Um, it uh, moved me, you know, it's like in this direction of the digital marketing where we had, uh, we, we explored also different languages, how, how to communicate with other people and other stakeholders. Uh, so, um, where I developed also uh, something uh, beyond my uh, common sales expertise, which is uh, also the um, the marketing expertise, and I call it nowadays social selling, mm -hmm. because what I do practically with my years of experience in sales, I think it's super helpful to uh, use also the means that marketing uh, offer us, but still, you know, so with the understanding what sales. Yeah. offer us yeah. and i call it merging of two disciplines sales and marketing disciplines and social selling and it's also um a very powerful uh instrument nowadays how to connect to stakeholders beyond the the common um lexic you know the beyond their the common sales call strategies and the sales call language 
Yeah. So it's actually in our this direction that uh, we are moving right now, so like, and also with the with the events that I'm co-designing. Um, one thing it's uh, um, it's uh, the classic sales. Uh, another thing it's also the marketing and the visual marketing that gives us uh, a proper instrument how to leverage yeah. uh, the product and the strategy. Now, the, the aesthetic part of your photo photographic skills is evident from your Instagram uh, account, right? So we'll, we'll add that to the, the speaker notes so people can take a look at it whilst they listen to this, maybe when they're not driving their car. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, we have a question I always ask our guest, which is what's currently on your horizon of change? Um, there are I think you know it's not only one aspect uh, that's uh, I'm 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 dealing right now, it's like in the in the horizon of change. And I think you know it's also not only related to me. I think it's uh, it's uh, rather related to the whole community that uh, we are part of. And I think um, also what. Um, what we are trying to do now, which is also I'm trying to do now as part of community and as, uh, as part of my business is also to um, to enable this shift of the, uh, of the mindset from the um, obedient consumer to the accountable citizen. And I think we all need it right now. And this is what uh, the Zuri Walk and Talk events are um, right now is like a good example for because um i think you know it's like what we are um uh what we are talking uh now about you know it's like in um in our everyday conversation is uh we are we're talking everyone is talking about sustainability everyone is talking about being restrictive and needs and consuming the world uh, but we still have, you know, the mindset of consumer, and I think, you know, that it's uh, it's uh, these two um, uh, main paradigms, you know, they contradict to each other. On one side is uh, is uh, sustainability, on another side is the consumer. And uh, I think, you know, that what we are trying to do now, you know, with uh, with the events story, we can talk is to shift this mindset towards an accountable citizen once we uh we we've done it i think it will be much more easy to face also this is uh, the topics in sustainability and to face the proper change mm. and it's actually you know it's not only about the hospitality and event industry i think it's about every every industry uh, on our planet that's why i um for me it was very fruitful to be um in this uh, in these years of entrepreneurship, when I uh, dealt also with many industries, not only staying in your industry, in event industry, let's say in a hospital industry, but also um, interacting uh, with uh, with many industries and having this cross industrial principle, because it helps you a lot to facilitate also your mindset and to change it and to learn from each other. And. Um, uh, and, and if you bring and that back to your, if, if I may, if you bring that back to your, to your very own business, your very own obedient consumership versus accountable citizenship, where mm -hmm. are you in that transition on a personal level? And what's your ambition for the next year? Can you like 
how do, how do you anchor that in, in your behaviors or your thinking or your doing or what, what could I, like we spoke last week, what would I see differently next year in you as a business or as a person? I mean, you know, with this uh, mindset, I try to uh, to educate me every day, you know, it's like in a slightly different direction and to remind myself uh, of, uh, of this difference between a consumer and a citizen, also in my business. And um, also for the business, you know, because uh, so many people would say right now, it's like Natalia too romantic, you know, so, uh, because... Because citizen, you know, it does not relate to business. And what about our revenue? What about, you know, the figures uh, that we uh, we deal and we face every day? What mm. about this? And uh, I think, you know, they have a very powerful argument and it helps me a lot within the uh, COVID and pandemic time. That's uh, shifting the mindset to the uh, accountable citizen. It will enable your a completely different features as a, um, is a play in the collective, in the team, instead of being plays in, in individualist, what is rather related to the consumerism, you know, the consumer. Yeah. And uh, uh, while we leverage that, and while we uh, we open also different uh, different doors and different aspects of being an accountable citizen and being part of a fruitful community, we will open also a lot of more new doors also for your business. Mm -hmm. Because what 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 it helps, you know, it's like with, uh, sometimes we don't understand where this, uh, this uh, contradiction comes from. Mm -hmm. We speak about sustainability, we speak about the team, we speak about team culture, but still, I see, you know, this behind of this, we still have this uh, individualistic uh, mindset of being a consumer. And consumer, it's really related to yourself, you know, to your individual yourself. While when we speak about an accountable citizen, you know, second, we speak about sustainability, we open uh, um, quite new doors to uh, being part of the, of the collective, being part of the community, um, also contribute to the community and having fun with this. Yeah. And while doing this, you opened also a lot of new doors, you know, of knowing each other from the personal point of view. Yeah. Or in, in the business, in the traditional business, when we talk about sales language, we talk about additional touch points. Mm -hmm. So, and I think, you know, it's like still believe in it. And... Honestly speaking, I believe that I'm still at the, at the, at the beginning of this journey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why when you ask me, you know, it's like what, uh, what I will be doing in one year, I will mm -hmm. be still learning. Mm -hmm. And I'm still curious to learn. And now I'm learning how to have also my joy beyond only having this as a, um, as, um, as a responsibility. Yeah. And I think that's important, right? So the the function of that, of being an accountable citizen within a collective or um, the difference in the features that you're saying in terms of um, how that creates value, fun, or a sensation of achievement when you're doing that as a collective within a group of people. It's something we do a lot with our event designs as well, because we have this philosophy that you cannot design a proper event on your own, right? It requires a collective of brains or you know, say seven different people, different views, different things. 
because the collective brain power has a very different function than the individualistic brain power to empathize with different stakeholder needs and to almost like rationalize the thinking and declutter it right in line with your mm -hmm. motto that you were saying uh, or that I read out loud from your from your LinkedIn uh, profile. And if you want to connect to Natalia, I suppose you're okay for people to reach out to you on LinkedIn to learn more about what you do and how you do that. Um, because simple can be harder than the complex. We know that, right? You have to go through the complexity in order to get to the simple part. There is no shortcut. But a group of people can cut down complexity much faster than an individual. Um, and on that point, I wanted to ask you the following question, which is, would you like to stick with the topic of horizons of change and take a couple of questions about that? Or do you feel adventurous and would you like uh, to spin uh, the wheel and see if we end up in one of the other rabbit holes that we've created in the Design to Change book? Uh, the choice is yours. There's always a chance that we might hit the design of change on the wheel as well. But there's more serendipity there by the unrigged wheel that's currently spinning on our screens that our auditors don't see. But which choice will it be? I think, you know, that's all the topics that I'm seeing right now, they are uh, more or less, they're all connected to the horizon of change. Mm -hmm. Or so in some, uh, to some instance, they are all synonymic, right? So, mm -hmm. um but I'm an adventurous person. Let's uh, spin let's the wheel. Yeah, let's there we try go. to go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> this is the destiny. What is your destiny, Natalia? Horizon of change. The horizons of change. Okay. Horizons of change. You know, this has been my my whole life because <laughs> uh, because I'm a very curious person. Yeah. And I think that's, um, there's a reason, I mean, the wheel is absolutely not rigged. You know, people will know we spin this wheel regularly on our podcast and every time something different can come out. But let's, um, uh, for those that have the book on page 46, 47, you will find these questions. There's also an online kind of way to answer these questions, which we're going to ask Natalia to do after we talk about this. It doesn't have to be the exact same answers, but just so people can read in staccato kind of what your points were. Um, let me open up um, the first question here. And the first question that we have on the screen is, how do you involve others in the change you design for? Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a very good question. You know, it's, it's, it's also the part of every community strategy. Um, I think you know it's like your um, one one uh, one option could be you know it's like your you built up step by step your career your reputation and the people are, that uh, that they know you they already associate you with certain um, uh, with certain kind of expertise and certain kind of uh, um, skill set let's put it like this you know and it's already you know it's like when they see you know it's like the name of natalia they already associate me with her with her certain projects and with certain abilities to evolve and to um to implement and to accomplish the projects uh for me it's very important uh the 
I think, you know, it's like I'm even pedantic in this. It's really important that uh, what I commit to, I also, um, like what I talk, I also walk the walk. Yeah. And it's for me, not, not only the empty word. And I think, you know, it's like I also learned it in my corporate career mm -hmm. uh, while I used to work in the hotel. It's uh, once you uh, you commit it and you plan something and you put it on paper, you just follow that. Sometimes it's um, it might be even pedantic to the people who, who know me, mm -hmm. but uh, this is my credo and I would follow that in life, you know, it's like all my life. And uh, then it's also very important for uh, to, uh, how you involve others, especially because I work a lot with the network of marketing freelancers. Mm -hmm. And uh, the freelancers, the, the people, you know, the creative people, they're more dynamic, they're more um, open to change. And while you, are, you work with these people, it's very important that you envision your idea with some practical steps ahead. Mm -hmm. Ideally, so, two, yeah. three steps ahead. And you, you need to have also the skills of being a, um, a strategic designer. You need to visualize with them uh, your journey. Mm -hmm. Once you did it, you know, it's like a, also ideally maybe with some outcomes, the people uh, would follow. Mm -hmm. Now, working with a network of freelancers um, can change from project to project, obviously, but also from person to person, from them being very busy or not so busy or from cultural backgrounds, from where they are and how they work. And how do you, how do you, um, does that involve who you select on a project or how does that work for you? I think, you know, for this kind of uh, corporations, and I think it's like, it's still our future. It's very important to, um, to do small projects together, to get known better with each other. Yeah and to know who is good at what mm -hmm. before you start working with them you know second like bigger projects my philosophy and also my strategy is to start working uh, with with the people on small projects mm -hmm. or uh, participating in an event with uh, with a concrete project in there that you have a workshop or you have something practical and you're you're you have this opportunity to see people in action so i think you know for the for our uh, for our world now and it's evolving in this direction that we will work more and more with freelancers instead of agencies mm -hmm. and i think it's our future um unfortunately it's still co uh, pretty conservative uh, in uh, in this in the in, in marketing in the marketing industry mm -hmm. in europe it works perfectly in the software industry this kind of uh, freelancer networking and we're still on the way how to cope better with each other um so i think you know it's like uh, for me it's really very really important what's what are your hands-on experience and how good you are at, at because we live also in this clutter world you know as everyone is uh, um can at least you know hire someone to do you know a perfect uh, front side for the social media for you but we still don't know what is behind the scenes, you know, it's like how, how these people are um, in, the, in the project with stress, 
yeah. with some uncertainty, with some hardens, with some problems. And I think it's very important before you start uh, working with them, you know, on a bigger project, you're, you try to, uh, to know them better in the community networks uh, and also working with them on the, on the project. Yeah. I like that. I, I think you get to know a lot about people if you do events with them, right? Or if you, if you design something with a team of people, you really get to know the people uh, mm -hmm. because you see how they react at different steps of, in the process, right? So um, on that note, how do the events that you design become markers of change in your own organization? I mean, I I mainly used to work in or is there the salesperson for the for the events. I would be someone who was behind the scenes, following the event from the pre-event uh, stage, during event and post-event stage. So it's like I was in charge of uh, of many corporate clients, making sure that the events uh, they. Um, they work in line with uh, with our promise and they there will be success what i'm doing now and what we are doing now is uh, with uh, with our brand events where we can talk it's also a very interesting experience uh, for me that also the people outside of the event industry they might learn from our events is that um it's very very helpful to use a very simple framework and that is what when i um learned about the event canvas i thought this is actually you know something that it can be used also not only for the event planners and for the event professionals but it can be used also for solopreneurs and for for the people outside of the event industry mm -hmm. who design workshops who design you know who's who need you know like some uh, a small structure of an event to design their business mm. So what we did, uh, because uh, during the uh, the uh, evol evolvement or development of the Tsuri Walk and Talk event, that it might be interesting also for the people who are uh, who are the event professionals how to make also different people work on the on the event. Mm -hmm. um, I I used to work with different kind of people. They are not necessarily event planners, and they. Did, did not have uh, uh, event planners experience and event planner skills mm -hmm. and it's very important to have a very simple structure that is transparent and understandable to everyone and also uh, even yesterday a friend of mine uh, who does uh, the workshop she asked me in order for the recommendation what might help her to facilitate to do the workshop better and I recommended her the event converse, you know, it's like the uh, very simple format of uh, four where you mm. can see, you know, all the tasks for the pre-event or during event and post-event strategy. And I think, you know, this is for me, it was uh, a big uh, enlightenment because during my career, I used to work for um, different locations and for different kind of hotels with different kind of uh, facilities and teams and uh, structures and uh, the main uh, issue I would say or the main challenge was that's like every team or a, a lot very often the teams would use completely different um, 
framework, completely, completely different structure, completely different strategy. What was um, mm, what uh, what was not necessarily efficient, you know, what is the the uh, the, the opposite of being efficient, and the people were wondering why they cannot proceed well. And I think you know what you're doing with Event Congress. It's really helpful for the people in the event industry, but also for all the solopreneurs and the, for people outside of the of uh, of the event industry. It might use a simple structure that is really transparent and really easy to uh, memorize, to use to facilitate or to design their workshops, events, uh, initiatives communities i like that um and truth be told you've never come to any of the programs you downloaded the canvas do you remember where you first ran into it uh it was uh, in an event in constance mm -hmm. and i think it was one of the of your colleagues who did yeah. a workshop or a short workshop with us yeah and uh, once i saw the structure on one page one a four page for me it was a game chain uh changer you know because instead of writing a lot of instruction what it was very often um our task in a lot of hotels uh, many pages uh, really cluttered uh, no one had time to read them no one had time to go through them the fluctuation in our industri industry it's a big struggle it's still a big uh, a big issue so for me just to start with something which will help uh, to to take off this uh, page or r4 it's uh, it's really really helpful and uh, I think you should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have to be proud of the people that use it. You know, I think at the end of the day, um, we consider the event canvas like what sheet music is to, event, to, 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 to music, right? So drawing a couple of lines on a piece of paper might seem um, very trivial, right? But what you can do with it is pretty amazing, right? Like look at the amount of music that purges out of Spotify every day when I see my release radar or... You know, look at what's happened historically. I think the same thing can happen with events where giving people a mental model, a structure, a guideline, or not even a guideline, it's more of a, uh, a thinking flow, right, as a group of people. And, and if you see what can then be created, it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it, it astonishes us every day. Uh, and also that the community translated it into 17 languages and you know, it's, it's being used by many, many people. We don't even know most of the usage, right? So we have no idea, which is great. Um, which brings me to the next question. How do you have the conversation with your event owner? Or how did you have it in the past? Or how are you having it now that you have the structure um, to your availability? Hmm. I mean, you know, it's a really complex question. It's like, uh, it's uh, actually it has the whole strategy of the event uh, to talk to the event owner. Um, but I think uh, to start talking to the event owner, maybe I I could tackle this. It's really really important to start with their vision and mission and to simplify things, like you did with uh, with the event converse. Like is my credo with simplicity. 
that you start with uh, with uh, what is the scope of the event and what is the vision and mission and what uh, will be the uh, the takes of the event. And they're really really simple, you know. Also, here I think you know, your your role model is uh, uh, is quite crucial there, and not more than one or four to start talking to the event owner. Yeah, and they very often don't themselves have the answers to the questions, right? So they they are often looking for guidance. They have a hunch. They have an overarching aim. They know what it's supposed to do when it's finished, but how to do that or who should be involved and how to structure it and um, the behavior changes that are associated with it are not questions they usually have answers for when you start off. And I think part of the guiding principle behind the methodology is allowing the team to be okay with not knowing and allowing the event owner to not know. It's okay, like you have a hunch, you don't know exactly, and that's fine. We don't need the answer now. I like but can we have some time to explore the problem together, to look at it from various angles, to, and if people don't perceive the need for event design or for that conversation, the simple exercise like we did last week in Zurich, just as a little demo is, you know, let's, let's figure out who has a stake in this event, put up the overarching aim, and then let the team have a little debate as to who has high power and high interest over achieving that aim. And it's interesting how wherever on the planet this happens, within 13 minutes, the group gets into a very healthy quarrel about who has more power or more interest than another group, which is exactly what demonstrates the need to align and to have the thinking process in place for each of the stakeholders and create their individual stories before you try to stack them together to create prototypes. So, um, um, and I'm really glad to see that also what you were saying, you know, walking the walk, but also talking the talk, and you combined it into an event design where you are the event owner, right? Um, it's interesting how you instigated the design to create this, um, but also you're accountable for spending people's time. And so um, how, how did you express your vision to the team that created the walk and talk? What, what was your, I mean, how did you start that? Mm. Just before you know, like we go to the question, and maybe you know, like I would add uh, something to the previous topic. And uh, for me, it's also very important how you talk to the event owner is uh, is how how deeply you understand the requirements and the need of the event owner, hmm. and how you can envision you know that they might need also in the future. Hmm. And this is something you know that's uh, not every event planner process and we see also this uh, uh this big shift right now it's like what is the scope of an event what is the scope of the event industry in person virtual uh, etc hmm. and i think you know it's also very important our role how we um how we facilitate this sh uh, shift and how we might envision a completely different uh, surprising outcomes even for us not that we have already, you know, the answers there, uh, the answers from the very beginning. And um, uh, when we go back, you know, how um, how uh, we created the Tsuri Walk and Talk, the Tsuri Walk and Talk was created uh, simply out of, of a need of the community to meet face to face after the pandemic period. 
and the need was very simple was the community of the marketing freelancers they need uh, they needed to connect with their with the stakeholders in a more meaningful way how to uh, to connect with the stakeholders uh, a part of uh, of the event structure that we already known you offer them a meaningful topic you know that was the sustainability it's uh, while you're um you're um you have a project you know it's like you have a round table format of the three walk and talk where we sit together and like kind of in a tea room and we discuss a sustainable topic or uh, sustainable topic is uh, which is uh, a kind of actual it's kind of interesting for everyone mm-hmm. uh, we start to open your uh, ourselves in a very concrete way and start to exchange and to connect also in a, uh, in in a completely different new way and this is you know it's like what Surya can talk unexpectedly evolved to because initially it was a, a networking event at the moment we are doing uh, the events that's they have also some um very interesting topic uh, in fact our next Surya can talk event on October 3rd in Zurich uh will be about um how how do you um resolve you know the sustainable travel puzzle while uh being good to the planet and at the same time uh keep the machine working we uh we mean the economy and for this kind of themes, we uh, we were able to attract a very uh, very good uh, professionals, very solid professionals from our industry, uh, a keynoters. That's also you know that will create this roundtable format and the engagement from the very beginning. So um, the people who know us, because it will be our seventh edition of the Terry Walk and Talk event, mm-hmm. uh, they know that we. Uh, we could create the engagement from the first minute we start event because we don't start with uh, with the speakers and keynotes we start with the introduction of uh, of our attendees and uh, the people who are around the table round table discussion and then we go to the uh, to the keynotes and we go to our speakers and the q and a part uh, questions and answers part we we do outside while we work that's why you know this combination of talk and walk and once we uh, we move outside we enable completely different um in engagement features they they make people rotate in a very authentic and natural way and uh, they make people also uh, start a conversation and a very relaxed, um, very spontaneous way. And I think it's uh, it's one of the secrets of the Tsuri Walk and Talk events. I love it because it's locked in, locked in both into the into the form and the format and the brand and the. Um, I've never been to one of them. I know you you um, you've invited me to come to a few every time I was traveling abroad and I couldn't come to Zurich. I'm looking forward to seeing one of these up close, um, experiencing what they're like. Because your vision is translated into the event design, I think. Um, and you've actually just answered the next question, which is connecting the vision to the event story. It's almost like you have a question that's on the mind. You use the power of the crowd to show what what the, 
who is in the room, you frame the problem by having a keynote expert discuss that, but then you bring them outside to go walk in a very uh, liberated away from the walls, but also liberated from where do you sit, um, you know, what's the power structure in the room. Um, it, all, it becomes a level playing field when people walk around, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, um, what's, what's the timing of your event? Like, how do you, how do you structure it in timing? Just as a, like you've done seven, has, has, have you found like a rhythm that works really well for this walk and talk? Actually, the next one will be the longest one. It will be three hours because we discovered that the people need more time to discuss because also one of the secrets of our events that we we aim to involve everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone is part of the event. It's not only the speaker and this the audience somewhere uh, sitting darker uh, and listening. And then there will be a couple of questions that the people will move to the um usual coffee break and then they will go home we mm -hmm. completely change the structure we enable to every attendee to become a speaker and the working part it's actually not like what maybe you're you um, you still remember um it was also in in my past what i know you know from the corporate event it was also one of the challenges how to rotate the audience how to bring in the coffee break, how to make them move, how to make them meet more people in the networking event. Mm -hmm. And we're like all these models, how to, to rotate them mechanically. Mm -hmm. So um, we thought about it and uh, I the, the solution was to rotate them naturally. How can you rotate people naturally? You bring them out. The people start to rotate, uh, start to rotate without even your models how to rotate them in a closed space, yeah. and it's actually quite interesting and quite quite a radical movement. How you see, uh, how you bring a completely different engagement into the whole event, and uh, for example, when I compare that to what we always knew and the in engagement curve that it goes up and it goes down and goes up and goes down uh, once you can or professionally use these models of work and talk you can avoid this down engagement curve because once yeah, you know, the, the curve you, tends yeah. you know tends to go down mm -hmm. you change you know completely you know the model you move yeah. the people outside and I think, you know, it's, it's uh, we're still learners and we still, uh, we still kind of experimenting with, uh, with, uh, with our event and uh, we still adapt what people uh, say to us after the event, because we rely a lot on the feedback on this, um, on the resonance after the event. And you might see that also on, uh, on LinkedIn, that the testimonials have been tremendous after the event yeah. and uh, they, their testimonials they were without even asking them to give the feedback the people would just freely write about this experience and uh, but we always ask behind the scenes we tackle every single uh, model of the event and i'm really in, uh, interested you know from the psychological perspective how to improve also uh, the the smallish elements of the event uh, the, of the structure 
That's yeah. why, you know, so we started with one an, uh, hour and a half. It was your initial question. What was mm. the length of the event? Mm -hmm. And we discovered that it's not enough. The people would come in order to this curve of engagement are very high. And then we would interrupt in discussion. And it was just too early. Yeah. So it's also like you have to discover the natural flow of a group or the cadence as to when those curves kind of go from mm -hmm. to trough. Um, was the change from one and a half hours to three hours gradual? Have you kind of slowly extended it or has it been like a sudden change where you realize one and a half hours is really not enough, we need to change it more radically or how did that go? Yeah, we realized that we need to change it more radically. We learned also from others. Mm -hmm. And now we included also more elements uh, in the uh, in the three walk and talk because before it was was just a roundtable discussion. It was just a short networking, uh, meaningful topic, uh, meeting startups, uh, interesting concept, pitching them, uh, moving outside. For us, this time on sort of October, we also included the catering concept of the location that we are hosted by hmm. we included also you know the sustainable concept in the event so it's like we needed to extend uh, it also in terms of timing and we also invited more speakers so i mean this this topic about traveling uh, it's uh, it's interesting for everyone and it's also so controversial so many people do that it's why we're trying right now to tackle also this topic from uh, four different perspectives, from the academia, from entrepreneurship, from the corporate, from the hotel and uh, location. So like just to figure out and give also enough um, discussion and enough solutions to our attendees that it's really beneficial for everyone. Love that. Thank you, Natalia, for answering these questions about the horizons of change, right? Um, we will also be posting um, um, the written responses that you will have in staccato to this, uh, maybe also some links that you might include there to examples of the walk and talk of the Instagram. Um, I really like how, I mean, lately I had a lot of conversations with people who said, it sometimes feels as if people have forgotten what has changed in ourselves during the COVID period. And we just kind of went back to the, to the pre-COVID kind of um, behaviors or not behaviors so much, but maybe the, the patterns that we had before COVID. And somehow those patterns don't fit with the behaviors we have anymore. And I'm really glad to hear that your event bubbled out of um, this need that people have to to have a community of marketing freelancers that also are able to interact with bigger topics and get to know each other in different ways and the people that give them their business between brackets uh, beyond like design this for me or I need this photograph or I need to have this piece of marketing done or can you do my Twitter feed better or whatever it might be. You need to know people as people before you can start properly doing business with each other. Um, and I think that's one thing that we've taken the time for maybe, or some people have done that during COVID, uh, to have much deeper conversations. It's one of the things we aim to do with these podcasts, right? Uh, although it is a conversation between the two of us on the 15th of September, 2022, you know, um, this thing might perpetuate 
you know, on the internet or elsewhere for a long time. And people might be wondering, what was this COVID thing that happened in 2022? And how did it change the behavior of all of these people? Anyway, you will be able to see that in the links um, to the podcast. I um, also wanted to ask, are you willing to join our podcast a year from today? So we can talk about the shift from the obedient consumer to the accountable citizen and how that transition is going for yourself. This is great. I think, you know, it's like uh, we still need, you know, more, uh, um, let's let's say more and more alliance, you know, to do this, this yeah. shift. And I can recommend to everyone uh, the book that was uh, an enlightenment for me, a book uh, called Citizens by John Alexander. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's originally from London, and in this book he gives a bunch of practical examples how this shift might work and how it's working actually in the world. Mm-hmm. A lot of um, country communities and uh, how they manage, for example, COVID. And uh, I think I truly believe that we all need to shift our mindset from the consumer to accountable citizens from a bidden consumer i i need to underline that you know because with all our marketing with all our strategies till now once we succeeded to do we succeeded to educate a obedient consumer we're perfect in this you know how to tackle the behavior how to tackle their the funeral the sales funeral but how to enable the shift in order to accountable uh, citizens because we all need the sustainability. We all need a sustainable planet to live in and how we uh, we can also um, un- unleash some elements in ourselves, ecological elements to be truly part of the society, of the collective and of the team. And I think it's uh, it's really radically powerful also for me because I didn't learn anything but being an individualist in this world and then suddenly it came you know all these uh, beautiful words sustainability and uh, um, thinking about our planet and stuff but we still don't have uh, the mindset for that we don't know how to do that that's why it's really interesting what you mentioned before that when after the pandemic we we are kind of found ourselves that we are already in the pre-pandemic world. And I even see, you know, some evolvements that are even earlier than pre-pandemic worlds, you know, because the people, you know, they're, they're afraid to start these massive shifts and they don't know what me- mechanism they might help them to change, to cal- tackle the change. And the answer is very simple, shift from consumer to accountable citizen. So my answer to your to your proposition in one year is yes, because I like in you know, this format, I like this, um, let's say, um, very calm format that you give to your uh, to your counterparts time in order to respond and to evolve, you know, and it's also to to evolve also the thought. And I think it was very helpful for me because I tend to be a rather complex. That's why, you know, my simplicity <laughs> thing. <laughs> so it was really helpful uh, for me, this talk that you really helped me to, um, to leverage on, on my last thoughts, the horizons of change. Well, I think, you know, conversations um, drive the direction of change, right? So I think it's, um, 
we try not to leave the next one one year from today to chance uh, because change seems so slow and so frustrating, right? Because it's like, it doesn't feel like anything is changing, but yet yeah. if you look, if you would, if you're going to listen back to this a year from today, when we prepare for that podcast and you think, okay, what was my thinking then? What was I doing? What is it today? What's the Delta between the two? All of a sudden the gap in those two conversations shows the Delta, right? Which I think is the whole, um, power of not just the event as the podcast two stakeholders you me maybe a third one the audience listening not unimportant they're our accountability partner maybe without they might be anonymous we might know some of these people um and i think that in itself as a you know this is not a walking format this is a, a sit down format <laughs> I'd love to maybe next time I'll go to the forest and talk to you. <laughs> and we can hear the birds outside, right? We, well, you saw at IMAX the Frankfurt, mobile podcast. We have a mobile podcast this? station. We're now taking two venues to two events to have a little isolated audio bubble and deep conversation within a much bigger uh, context, you know, like a trade show where tons of conversations are happening, but many of them are might lack some depth or might be very superficial or commercial or very mm -hmm. consumer driven, right? It's about, oh, you're the exhibitor and I'm the buyer. And so we have an obedient conversation about what's your business? What do you offer? Is there a match? Off we go versus the accountable citizen to think about what we're saying, to mark the moment of when we're saying it, and then to see when we say it again, if our behavior has actually changed or not, or what needs to be done to have the behavior change for ourselves, but maybe also inspire others. So this is the conversations we're having in Design to Change. Thank you for today's conversation on stage. Um, we're going to go backstage in just a moment. But thank you, Natalia, for this first Thank part. you so much, Ruth, for and the I'll invitation. See, really and I'll see you backstage. <laughs> thank you. This has been another episode Hiya. of Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage.